Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hello and welcome to Audiobook Connection, behind the scenes with the creative teams. I'm Becky Parker-Geist and I'm your host. Audiobook Connection is your place to learn about the audiobook creative process in discussions between the authors, narrators, producers, and post-production teams that bring them all together, as well as guests who have listened to the audiobooks and have questions for the creative teams. This podcast is sponsored by Pro Audio Voices, helping great stories come alive through audiobook production and marketing. Hi, everyone. Thank you so much for joining me. Today, I have with me Joy Imboden Overstreet. She's the author of The Cherry Pie Paradox, The Surprising Path to Diet Freedom and Lasting Weight Loss. Her articles and essays have appeared in a number of national publications, including The New York Times, Working Mother, and Healthline. She currently lives in Portland, Oregon, where she has a busy practice doing personal color analysis and writes a weekly newsletter, Alive with Joy. I also have with me Melanie Carey. She's a Seattle-based audiobook narrator. She earned her degree in theater and worked as an actor on stage before transitioning to audio. Melanie has narrated over 50 titles and is passionate about personal development and creating community through telling stories. Joy and Melanie, thanks so much for being with me today. Thank you. Thanks, Becky. So, Joy, let's start with you. You created the revolutionary Thin Within workshops back in 1975, and this was decades before intuitive eating and many other anti-diet books became popular. Your program focused on mindfulness and a mindset shift instead of what to eat or not to eat. I know it was a big success in the San Francisco Bay Area, but then in 1980, you left. Can you tell us about why you left? I left for several reasons. One was I had resolved my own weight problem and I saw that the business was going well, but I'd also been... With women, 90% of our clients were women and 90% of our staff was female. And I had been a widow for several years and I was thinking, you know, this is not where I'm going to find a new partner. That's Uh, what I'm looking for. So there was that. And then the other thing is that I realized that I've never been a person for band-aids, solutions to problems. And I thought that by going into mindset and mindfulness, I was getting to the root of the of our participants' weight problems. But in fact, I began to see that the problems were really systemic, not just individual. I mean, sure, we all have our bad habits, but the bad habits had been reinforced by the American culture, the food industry, the media you know, USDA rules and regulations. So I decided that I would go back and get deeper into the whys by going to grad school. So I went to graduate school in public health. 
then I got married again and had a, another child and my life uh, took off yes. in different directions. Yeah. <laughs> wow. So. Cool. Very good. Yeah. Very good. Now, I know this is a very personal story. So tell us about your decision and why you chose not to narrate the book yourself. Good question. I really struggled with it because it feels like it's very much in my voice. I mean, it just, I, I, I'm a little bit snarky and, <laughs> and I, I don't listen to stories and excuses with a whole lot of patience because mm-hmm. I've heard them from myself to myself. Uh-huh. Yeah. But my voice is not as smooth and youthful as it once was. And I have some verbal tics that I thought might be taking so much time of the editor that it would be maybe better to have a professional do it. And so you sent me like a dozen people reading part of the first chapter. And uh, honestly, Melanie was the only one. It was like, uh-huh. nope, 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 nope. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> really, really, it's true. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I know that can be a really challenging decision for many authors, you know, who feel very, their story is also very personal. So I appreciate your feedback on that and your response. And, and Melanie, so I would love to hear from you, like, as a narrator, did you have, like, were there favorite aspects of the book or favorite parts within it? Uh, mm. Yeah, tell me. It was, that. oh, it was such a joy. It's so nice to narrate a book that I agree with the philosophy 100%, mm-hmm. that I'm actually inspired by, that I'm actually writing down ideas for my own life mm-hmm. aside from that. And that just Mm. makes it so much fun. I was so honored too, because the voice is so joy. It was like, I am playing her. Like, I need to tell her truth. I need to do it in her voice. And the writing is so strong and it is so clear and her humor comes out. And I, yeah, I just love it. I think (laughs) definitely the most challenging, but also my favorite was singing the streets of Laredo with uh. <laughs> with your lyrics. I don't think it made it to the final one. This is probably for the best. But um, I had a lot of fun doing that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. That great. was a song that that one of our participants rewrote as her way of practicing her personal affirmations as she went walking. And I don't know what people thought as she walked down the street singing this song to herself, but <laughs> but it worked for her. Yeah, that's great. That's really great. I love that part. Honestly, yeah. my favorite part that you read was the cottage cheese story. Oh, I love that. And, and in fact, I went through a bunch of different titles for the book. I originally wanted to call it Becoming Thin Within. But I approached my son and his girlfriend with that title, and they're like, nope, nope, no, 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 mom, you can't do that. You cannot say thin. Nobody wants to be thin anymore. That's like, we're into body positivity, and your book is about body positivity, so don't use the word thin. And I'm like, but, but that was the whole thing. (laughs) That was the name of my workshop. (laughs) Right. (laughs) That was the name of my workshop. Right. So he said, well, what else? Is there some other part of the book that you could use the title or the the words as a springboard. And I'm like, well, 
fuck the cottage cheese would be definitely (laughs) one. And I actually had thought of fuck the cottage cheese as a title. And he's like, no, mom, no. That was like five years ago. We were fucking everything. You were not fucking cottage cheese for this title. So, so, so he's like, okay, keep going. And so then there was like, and he said, well, what about the cherry pie in the beginning? Mm. And I'm like, ah, uh, that we could I love do. that story. I love yeah. that story. Yeah. yeah. The cherry pie paradox is kind of when I came, it is my bolt of lightning or bolt of insight. When I had breakfast with a friend who was very slim and petite, bird-like even, and she was eating a piece of cherry pie and offered me some, but I was eating modestly. So I, I only wanted a cup of coffee. And so she sat there and ate this pie while I was watching, mm. drooling. And, <laughs> and then like halfway through the piece, she patted her stomach and said, Oh, I'm full. And she pulled the garbage can over her and dumped it, dumped the remaining part in the garbage can. And I, could not believe it that that somebody would throw really good food away mm-hmm. without even a second thought. I mean, I'd seen people throw food away before, and I, that was a, almost unacceptable. But mm-hmm. to see this person throw food away uh-huh. and, and as if it was no big deal, I I thought to myself, you know, she knows something. I'll have what she's having. <laughs> she knows something that I don't know. Yeah. And I want to, I want to figure that out because yeah. in my diet mind, um, mm-hmm. you just don't throw food away. Right. Um, yeah. She had an internal yeah. diet that you were, or exactly. mindset. That, yeah. Yes, exactly. I yeah. love so. when a, when a creative project like this starts with a question, you know, it doesn't start with, I know something. It starts with, she knows something. I want to discover it. Yeah, and, uh, mm-hmm. I love when that's the impetus mm-hmm. that starts something. Yes, yeah. that's interesting that you say that because I just am finishing up a workbook to go along with the with the book or the audiobook because people have ahas when they read the book. I mean, mm-hmm. it yeah. just is. I think there's a lot of aha places in it, and an aha is worth what you paid for it, which is not much unless you actually <laughs> apply it. And so the workbook is is to, I hope, help people actually put into practice some of the ahas they're getting in reading or listening to the book. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. I'm okay. curious, have you had any reader or listener responses that have surprised you at this point? Not so much surprised as pleased that many people realize that it's not just really about food and eating and your weight. It's really a way of approaching a problem. It's mm-hmm. a it's a process of problem solving and it is a an approach to to life, I think, of yeah. waking up. So people have been noticing that and I am yeah. very happy about that. Yeah. The thing that always surprised me uh, and still with the feedback is how men take to it so quickly because men in general, generally speaking, don't have all the stories and excuses and media stuff, the garbage that women have around eating and weight and diets. And so they see the winning formula and they go, oh, okay, I can do that. That's Hmm. simple. And then they do it and then they lose the weight and it's like 
that was no big deal. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, right. <laughs> and for women, they have yeah. to get through all this garbage, right. mental garbage. Yeah. Now, you sort of hinted at this, but can you use this process that you outline in Cherry Pie Paradox to resolve other personal problems? Well, I used it to create a course for the Lung Association, Quitting Smoking. Yes. I use it adapted to teach clutter clearing classes at Clark College, which is a <laughs> local community. Uh, and a lot of the the little practices I find myself doing every day. I'm like choosing things that are not just because they're in front of me, but because I actually am intentional. I mean, it's mm -hmm. really about being more intentional and discerning with your choices. Right. And that comes up all day long, every day. Right. right. So, yeah. yeah, it changed my way of thinking. Your idea of um, not a problem, but a project. I love that. Like, there's actually nothing wrong. There are no, it's not a problem, but it's something you're confronted with in a project. How are we going to do it? Like, that changed everything for me. That's yeah, so great. Really yes. Yeah. 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 That's great. Well, I think the other thing that is really important in the book is the focus on the positive because so much of our weight issues, body issues are seeing the problems, the problems and not seeing the other side of it. You know, the, it's kind of the yin and yang. You cannot have one. You cannot have dark without light. You cannot have light without dark. You cannot be thinking one way without also having the other side of yourself there. And mm -hmm. it's so easy and so human to focus on our what's not working. Mm -hmm. I, I mean, I still do it. I The other day, I took the Clifton Strengths Finder test. And they for the $49 version, you get 34 strengths ranked in the strongest to the weakest. And the idea is that you focus on the five strengths and work to use them more and more. My eye goes right to the bottom, to the 34th. <laughs> it's like, oh my God, they found that thing and I need to work on that thing. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Mm. Joy, I know you added, we added meditations from the book to your website so that your readers, your listeners, and people who come to visit your site have those as, can have those as a resource. And that was an important part of the audiobook production process. Can you share some of like the challenges and opportunities that you discovered in the process of that, of creating those meditations? The challenge, <laughs> the challenges are that the reader of the narrator, the speaker, the leader of the meditation really has to imagine the person in front of them doing the meditation. And so the timing is so tricky. It's like, yeah. how long does it take for you to Im imagine this particular scenario or imagine this feeling or whatever the question is? And some people get it right away and some people are like, mm -hmm. and how to do the timing. Right. Trying we'll to never know. Right. Yeah. Right. Trying we'll to accommodate yeah. the, sort of the yeah. range of expected response is a very tricky thing, isn't yeah. it? It is a tricky thing. And uh, we went around and around about music behind yeah. them and eventually decided not to. And we need to deal with that on the website. Mm -hmm. But they need to know that the silence, because I'm not in front of them leading them, 
They need to know that there's something actually happening. And so do we put music in there? And I realized having listened to, I don't know how many meditation apps on my phone that they never have background noise. There's just silence and you, you sit there and your mind either wanders or it doesn't. And then somebody, the leader, teacher, whatever talks again and so forth. And I had to reconcile that. That was a battle, an internal battle for me. Yeah, I know it was challenging and, you know, but sort of wanted to bring it into the conversation because I feel like it's a question that comes up for many authors who are writing sort of in this arena, which is more and more, thankfully, where more and more meditations and this kind of work is included in books and in audiobooks. And then from my perspective, like the interesting thing is exploring the decision. Like, what are we trying to accomplish? How can we best accomplish it? And we'll have all different ways of doing that. But sort of diving down that rabbit hole can really be, I think, enlightening and interesting. Yes, at times frustrating, too, I'm sure, you know, but it's that wrestling with that problem or project. Project. <laughs> Reframe. Yeah. Okay. Well, I thought the, the guided meditations are so important because I think eating and changing our eating and looking within, these are hard things. It's so hard. And we come across our traumas and it's such an individual journey. Mm-hmm. But a guided meditation, you're also not alone. Mm-hmm. And I love that. Mm-hmm. I love that. It's mm-hmm. so individual. It's intimate. It's private. Mm-hmm. But someone's with you. Mm-hmm. and. I just, as you're going within, someone's right next to you saying, you're doing great. Mm -hmm. And they're kind of funny and they're lighthearted, but also respectful. And I loved the tone of the meditations because sometimes meditations can be so heavy and they can be so serious. Mm -hmm. And it is important work. It's vulnerable work. But to also be lighthearted, I just think the tone was just really nice. Thank you. Thank you. I really strive for that. I think when you have a problem, quote unquote (laughs) problem, that has been weighing you down for years and you have all these feelings about it and these stories about it, it seems like a, it seems like a heavy stone, a millstone. And to take it lightly is like, okay, we can lighten up and about this. Let's not just wallow in the misery of it. Let's see the other side. Yeah. Yeah. I'm I'm glad you felt that. (laughs) Well, humor is connecting, you know, it, it, it brings us in community. And I just think it was always right there when it needed to be, you know? Yeah. 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 Can you tell us anything more about the workbook that you're working on now, or you just finished? Did you finish it? I, it, it's got to be typeset. So okay. it's, okay. yeah. But the, the question about the meditation and the workbook is actually very similar because I've done workbooks. I've had workbooks and the problem, the difficulty with workbooks is that they ask a question and then they give you this much space right. to answer it or they give you this much space to answer it. And you're like, you have this much to say, which is doesn't fit in the space they gave you, or it just swims in the giant space they gave you. And you, you know, for me, a Yankee, I hate wasting 
paper space. <laughs> or maybe feeling <laughs> like you need to fill it up, like you're supposed to have more like to say. I should, I should <laughs> right. have more to say. And so I decided to give a little space after each question. But then if the person had more to say about it, which I hope they will, then there's like a page number and in the back, it's like all blank and they can go to page number, whatever, to continue their thoughts. But if they only have a little bit to say, uh, and there's no lines because some people have big fat handwriting and some people like my daughter write like mouse, I don't know, really (laughs) teeny, teeny scratches. So I'm just having spaces and uh, blank space or maybe dots, you know, like bullet Mm -hmm. journal dots. Uh, Mm -hmm. Yeah. Nice. What a good idea. uh, Yeah. That's great. But, but the, you know, the thing is that there's so, so many prompts in the book. And if you're listening, it's like, what did she say? You know, should I write that down Mm -hmm. someplace? So Mm -hmm. the idea is that particularly for the people with the audio book, they have a reference that they can look at. They don't have to grab a notebook and start scribbling right then and there. So, right. Yeah, yeah. that's great. Let's take a short pause. We'll be right back. Does your book have images, meditations, exercises, things that make you question whether it will make a good audiobook or not? At Pro Audio Voices, we have the experience and the expertise to help you navigate through your book project to turn it into an audiobook project that creates a great listener experience and also leverages your audiobook as a marketing asset. No, we're not talking about turning your book into a sales pitch, but we are talking about creating a great listener experience and create for them an opportunity to engage with you further. Further engagement benefits you and your listener. You and your message can have more positive impact in the world, and your readers and listeners get the benefit. Book a discovery call today at ProAudioVoices.com. I want to come back to sort of diet culture kind of questions. Regarding diet culture, how far do you think we've come since your work back in the 70s? We've had some pluses and minuses, I'd mm-hmm. say. We are more heavy, heavier than we have ever been. So something is not working well. The kinds of diets, Well, so there's much more body positivity. That is great. You know, there are celebrities who are saying, you know, I'm large and and I love myself and I love my life. And that's fantastic. Mm -hmm. So it's much more acceptable to be the size you are. But the diet, I mean, we're still, we're still dieting. We still, we have, now we have diet apps. We have intermittent fasting. We have keto. We have gluten-free. We have all these different diets. Yeah. And we even have what I, a new term I learned, orthorexia. So you've heard of anorexia, which is yeah. anorexia. Yeah. Orthorexia is right diet. In other words, eating right. And so you're just as obsessed as you were about losing weight, but instead you're, you know, obsessed about, do I have all the vitamins and the minerals mm. in my system that I need? And too much fat or too little this, you know, and so mm-hmm. it's, we're still obsessing uh-huh. and it still takes a lot of energy and time and thought and we could be using that some other way. Yeah. On the other hand, body positivity. I just watched the movie 
uh, with Emma Thompson called Leo Grand, in which she is naked at the end. And she's 63 years old. And she is not a shapely woman. Or she is shapely, but it's just not the ideal shape that we mm-hmm. would like to see her as an actress that famous. And mm-hmm. I think the next barrier is age related body positivity. Mm-hmm. You know, the, you know, accepting the wrinkles and the sags and the bags that go along with being an older person. Yeah. And over the years, I don't even know if this is an appropriate term, but I'll use it because we're familiar with it. Have you had any like backslides over the years of sliding back from where you were holding the ideal, holding the banner, you know, mindful, and then felt like, oh. Yeah. During the time, the first year or so that I was working on it, I had lots of backslides. And I Mm. mentioned in the book a thinking of myself as being a rocket ship and a rocket ship heading for the moon has this inertial guidance system. Mm -hmm. And when the rocket ship wobbles off course, as it tends to do a little bit, the system just puts in a correction. No big Mm -hmm. deal. Just like Mm -hmm. correction. Mm -hmm. And the difference between a rocket ship and a human being who looks for all the mistakes is when I eat two donuts, I'm like, it's all lost. I might as well eat the entire (laughs) box of donuts. And so I had some episodes like that where I just said like, oh no, the shame and blame is just not working here. Just Uh get back on track and explore what went wrong, you know, do a little postmortem without without the shame and blame, without the feeling all is lost. It's just a a lesson. I mean, every failure is an opportunity to learn something. You know, and there are times when I eat standing up and there are times when I eat more than I want to, but throwing food away is like, I can do that now. I I, I can do that. Uh, Even the last bite of something really fabulous, Mm -hmm. I can do it. Mm -hmm. And that's a shift. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. How would you say cherry pie paradox is different from the jillion other diet or anti-diet books that are out there? I think it's different in that it's the step-by-step process that actually works. It's like a journey that works you from Mm. where you are today through all the muck. I mean, there's the first few chapters, there are a lot of muck and unpleasant experiences and stories, and then introducing yourself to other possibilities and then practicing all the tools and eventually getting to where you're going. The other thing is that the focus of the book, so it's a process with a lot of practices and self-discovery. I don't really tell you that you should, you know, what you should learn or what you should see, or, you know, it's you discover this for yourself through the work. The goal, many books end with the goal of your reaching whatever the goal was, you know, that now I weigh, I've lost 60 pounds or I weigh 127, whatever the goal is. And I know that that's not important. You know, that, that what's important is that once you reach that, you'll be, you know, it'll be great, exciting, you know, the angels will sing and then they'll stop singing because life (laughs) continues and, and nothing, you know, the fairy, the the prince has not yet shown up after all, you know? <laughs> and so the thing to think about is like, why is this important? Why do I care right. about losing 60 pounds? Or why 
do I care about weighing a hundred? What will, why am I doing this? And right. the mm-hmm. reason that I'm doing this is to free the energy that I've had in this weight problem for all these years mm-hmm. to do something else, to uh, spend, to start my own business, to learn how to fly a plane, to whatever, uh, to yeah. romp with my kids in touch right. football. Really opens up having a lot more choice than just the the one that seems to be right in front of us, the one that we feel obsessed with or driven by but that you have created pathways to open up the alternative choices. Oh, I could choose to throw the rest of this away if I am done or mm-hmm. or put it in the refrigerator for tomorrow. You know, mm-hmm. it, that right. there's, um, it doesn't have to be consumed in this moment just because right. it's delicious. Yeah, I love that. And I love that you, you don't, it's not prescriptive. You're telling them, you know what's best for you mm-hmm. in all aspects of your life, especially what you eat. Mm -hmm. And so much of our culture is still the expert telling people, studies have shown this is what you should do, or this doctor, or this celebrity, or this, like, just follow my path and you will be happy. (laughs) And your book just points to, you know what's right for you. Mm -hmm. Trust yourself. Mm -hmm. I don't know what's right for you. Mm -hmm. You know what's Mm -hmm. right for you. And I think that is such a revolutionary act for so many people. Oh, there's actually nothing wrong with me and my instincts. I can actually have a relationship with myself again and know what's right for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Self-trust. Yeah. Self-trust. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Are there any other important lessons that you that we haven't maybe already touched on that come to mind that you really hope that your reader, your listener will will take away from their experience with Cherry Pie Paradox? This is probably not what people want to hear. (laughs) (laughs) All the more exciting. (laughs) Excellent. But but it took years and years to create a weight problem or a body positivity problem or to add Mm. the pounds or to develop those bad habits. It's going to take time. this, This is not overnight. It does not happen overnight. And if it does happen overnight, it will disappear overnight or in a week or whatever. I mean, studies show that, <laughs> <laughs> that much of the weight that people lose on diets comes back and with more. And so this is a whole interior shift that is work. It's work. Mm-hmm. And I hope people will stick to it because what's at the end is freedom and a pleasure. What's not to love about that? Yeah, indeed. indeed. Melanie, anything else that, that made this audiobook project unique for you? Because you've done a lot of audiobooks, narrated a lot. So mm-hmm. anything else that feels extra special or unique about this one for you? Yeah. And I sort of have a question for Joy around this too, because um, narrating this book, I felt myself in community with other women in a lot of ways. And Mm -hmm. I felt such compassion for my own self and my own struggles. And I wonder for Joy, what is it like after committing so much energy and heart into this kind of service for our community? How has it shifted your relationships like in community with women devoting yourself to this good work? Well, just as you said, I mean, I feel 
that we're all human and we're all, we all have the same struggles. I mean, they, they look different. Uh, they come in different shapes and sizes, but there were many times during the thin within classes or workshops that, that mm-hmm. I get teary because I understand or I feel the life that the person has lived that has brought them to this place. And I feel such love and compassion. And I particularly for people as people open up and start to share and recognize certain truths about themselves. I just like, mm-hmm. oh, that that's so nurturing for everyone in the room. And I really regret that I can't teach those classes anymore in person because it really is a community project. And we learned so much from each other in the classes. The classes were like 20 to 25 people. Um, uh, so there was a lot of sharing and the sharing is super important because the things that you know about yourself, there are things that are hidden that you don't know until somebody else says it. And then you're like, Oh, me too. Me too. Me too. Me too. Yeah. And so I encourage people to use the workbook to get together with several other people who are on the same journey and work through the workbook together. So they have that extra feedback and accountability Joy, is there anything else that you wanted to ask Melanie about her experience? <laughs> I should have thought of a good question, but I don't have it. Well, I, it was interesting um, how this book just sort of, I just kind of took it in like like osmosis almost <laughs> because I would be, you know, down here in my booth recording it through the morning and I'd be ready for a break. I'd be ready for lunch, you know? <laughs> and I would just think, I wouldn't even think about it anymore. Like, oh, I'm done. And I'd go upstairs and like the first day recording, I was just eating. And then suddenly like this clear voice in me just said, I'm satisfied. Like I just heard it. And I was like, that's it. That's, that's it. I, I'm doing it. <laughs> and I thought, wow. And then the whole, the, then it was just sort of a personal journey through the whole recording. And then talking about you know, if we call them backslides or call them like life is complicated and confusing. But uh, that later in the week, I went out to dinner and I was like, wow, I love this new way of eating. This is incredible. And we went to ramen and I was like, oh, I love this. I love the egg and I love the noodles and I'm just having such a good time. And I heard that voice. But ramen isn't something you can really keep. You know, it doesn't really last. <laughs> I have trouble throwing away food. And I said, I made the choice. I was like, I'm just going to finish it. And I did. And I felt bad. <laughs> but I was like, this is information. Yeah, mm. this is information. I made that. Right. And right. I was so aware. And now even when I passed that restaurant, I'm like, oh, I remember <laughs> how bad I felt. I remember that I want to trust my own self more than... <laughs> what my bowl looks like at the end of the meal. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's hysterical. <laughs> cool. Yeah. Well, and uh, you know, a lot of people would say, I'm so pissed off because I'm full a right. lot sooner than I <laughs> wanted to be. I mean, there's yeah. this ramen left there on the, you know, and it's not going to get right. any better. And I was like, damn it. Um, yeah. But we don't love it more. <laughs> When we're eating past that, did no, I enjoy I, myself? No. I didn't enjoy myself. It was just an old tape telling me, keep having the fun. But like you said, like when you talk about eating the chocolate, like, is it good? Like, are you? 
is it, does it feel good to eat this ramen while your stomach's full? You've had a lot of salt. (laughs) (laughs) Like if it feels great, go for it. But does it? Yeah. You know, just asking that question. I love the awareness Mm -hmm. that you're, Mm -hmm. you know, that you're expressing about how that, that new awareness around food. That's so cool. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Well, and, and there's also the fact that we, our experience of food, is entirely different at different stages. I mean, you take a brownie and you you put it in front of you and you have the expectation, if you're rating the brownie on your expectations, it's going to be, it's a fudge brownie. It's going to be <laughs> yeah. a 10, you know, out of on a scale of one to 10. It's going to be a 10. That's what you expect. And so you take the first bite and it's pretty good. It's like eight, maybe. And then maybe it goes up or down a little bit. And then maybe halfway through, it's like a six. (laughs) And maybe at the end, it's still a six or maybe it's even a four because your your mouth is bored. It's had the same thing over and over. And then perhaps after you've done and you've waited a few minutes, you have an aftertaste that is like a two. It's (laughs) kind of sour in there. And it's like, and this is the same Mm -hmm. brownie. Uh, It's different all the way through. And yeah, yeah. That was sort of fun because like I had that same experience of, oh, I don't get to eat as much as I used to because it's, I now know it's not as much fun, but it just leaves, like I look forward to the next meal and I Mm -hmm. want more variety. I don't just want more of one big whole thing, but like you said, we get bored. I want a different taste. Like dinner will Mm -hmm. look different than Mm -hmm. lunch, you know, and, and I'll be ready for it. There was a point when I, at the early stages that I realized that I was really ticked off because I wanted to eat more, yeah. more things, more, you know, more things, more different things. And I realized that one third of my meals every day was the same. I had the same breakfast uh-huh. every single day, every single day. And it's like, there's a, that's an interesting uh-huh. thing yeah. to learn yeah. or to yeah. notice yeah. how I could you know, eat pie for breakfast or pizza (laughs) or whatever. Well, as we wrap up, I just uh, thought I'd give you a chance, Joy, if you'd want to tell us. I understand now you're you're a color consultant. You have an active, busy practice here in the Portland area. Do you want to tell us anything more about what you're up to these days? Well, I mean, I left Thin Within in 1980, and so I'm 82. And so I've had a lot of years. See, I was 40 when I left. So I've had 42 years since then to do a variety of other things. And so on to different things. And this, my last 10 years or so, I've been a color consultant and because uh, I love color. And That's great. Why not? And I love helping people. And it's a wonderful, intimate yeah. process with my clients. It takes two or three hours and I get to yeah. be helpful. And nice. Yeah. Well, I want to thank you both so much for spending this time with me. Again, this is Joy Mbodum Overstreet, author of The Cherry Pie Paradox, The Surprising Path to Diet Freedom and Lasting Weight Loss, and Melanie Carey, Seattle-based audiobook narrator and narrator of this audiobook. Thank you. Thank you. This is so thank much fun. Thank you so much, Becky and, <laughs> and Melanie. Thank you so much. You did a fabulous thank you. job. I love this book. To learn more or get your copy of The Cherry Pie Paradox, visit joyoverstreet.com. Thanks for joining us for Audiobook Connection, behind the scenes with the creative teams. 
please take a moment to subscribe at audiobookconnection.com. The podcast is sponsored by Pro Audio Voices, helping great stories come alive through audiobook production and marketing. Learn more at proaudiovoices.com. Again, thanks for being with us, and please join us next week. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.